0: daddy and I looked at each other and we were like what what is this (laughs) what's happening right now
1: hello and welcome to hug and a high five it's a mom and daughter podcast journal I'm Ingrid. I'm the daughter. And I'm Vicki.
0: I'm the mom. I'm trying to figure out how to be an adult. I'm trying to figure out how to parent an adult and live as an adult who is more than a parent. I live in New York City. And I live in Los Angeles. And this is Hug and a High Five.
1: Happy holidays, Mom.
0: Happy holidays. Happy Thanksgiving week.
1: That's right. We are recording this right before Thanksgiving. You'll hear it probably right after. Mm -hmm. So what better time than to um, start to talk about what it's like to be around family, no matter what holiday you're celebrating all around the holiday season.
0: Yes, it's always a hot topic, always a little bit dicey, especially when you're talking to a family member about the holidays that you share together. But this year, more than ever, because our family connections are so strained and different than they have been in the past.
1: Yeah, I think usually... Anyone who's talking about communication within families, et cetera, there's a couple classic things that everyone sort of takes for granted. Like, you're all going to be home in your mom's house in your childhood bedroom, and what's that like? But that's not necessarily true this year. We are in the middle of a pandemic, and so a lot of people, including us for Thanksgiving, are... Celebrating through Zoom from our different locations. Mm -hmm. So there's a few other factors to bring into the conversation. But regardless, communication is going to be key through this holiday season. Mm -hmm. And so we thought we'd talk through some stories that are maybe a little painful, but also really indicative of what happens, I think, to everyone in some respect when you come back together as you're like your original nuclear family
0: mm-hmm. after
1: you've grown up and moved out and expanded as far as time and space and age.
0: Yeah, I think the hard part is that we aren't together all the time. So everybody has to adjust their expectations. Everybody has to remember how to communicate about their schedule and their preferences. Whereas families that are live around each other all the time with multi-generations they're kind of used to it. You know, you get to into a new rhythm, a new flow. But when families come together that aren't always together, there's a lot of friction. And it's kind of interesting because that happens around holidays when you think, oh, this is going to be happy. And yet there's friction and and tension and expectations and everybody has differing amounts of those. So that's where these... Situations arise and some people react more sensitively to them than others.
1: Yeah, I think expectations is just the key to so much. The holidays are a time when there are more expectations than usual. If you're just going to have like a family dinner, Mm -hmm. you know. And I think the thing is that people don't often recognize that they have so many expectations about this time together. Mm -hmm. We laugh all the time. I'm sure we'll get into this more, but just the concept of saying, I want to have a free day where we haven't planned anything. We just get to hang out together. But sometimes that becomes the most stressful day of a family event because a free day actually has a lot of unsaid expectation inside it, where I think a free day means sleeping until noon and then like making pancakes leisurely, and you think a free day means getting up at a regular time and, like, playing a game together. And all of a sudden, mm-hmm. that day that was supposed to be the least planned and the, the least full of expectation feels mm-hmm. like it falls short for everyone.
0: Yeah, it's tricky because if I say I want a free day by myself, you know, that that's one thing. I don't have to coordinate anything with anybody else. Right. But if I want a free day... With the family, it involves communication and asking and yeah, negotiating what time is the free time, <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. Yeah, it seems like maybe going in uh, little sprints, in time sprints, <laughs> might be easier on people. In uh, one of my parenting classes, we talk about um, going in 10 minute sprints mm. with our kids, which is actually a little bit better in their time frame. But you know, with older people going in hour or two hour sprints and well okay, what's what's the next two hours gonna look like kind of thing. But even that to some people is really stressful to say, you know, I don't I don't know what the next two hours is. I just wanna be. Yeah. But if we want to be together, we have to talk about it. Yeah.
1: I think a good place to start when you are a couple days, weeks out from your holiday gathering. Mm -hmm. is to start with thinking about um, intention firstly, because everyone has good intentions about being together. Very few Mm -hmm. people in the world have like not good intentions. I guess there are times when someone might be like a little out for vindication, I suppose. But for the most part, like the reason that the holidays are so full of expectation is because we all have been dreaming about it, which is a wonderful intention inside. That there's this excitement about being together and getting to share whatever experience. A story that I thought of recently to maybe illustrate this uh comes from one of my years in college when I came home for Christmas. Mm. And what's important about this story is that we all had good intentions and yet it still didn't turn out well. <laughs> I must have been I think it was like senior year of college. Came home for Christmas and right a couple weeks before Christmas, dad texted us all in our family WhatsApp and um, said, I don't remember what the event was, but it was something to the effect of, hey, we're going to have people over this night or we're going to go, I don't remember, I don't like go out to the Grove or something, some little event. We want to plan like a family event on this night. And I responded, that sounds so great, exclamation point. I have plans with Sierra that night. Mm. And that's all that I said. And we, like, continued the family. Everyone's like, okay, cool, cool, cool. Jump forward a week to that day. I'm home now, and I'm standing in my childhood bedroom, like, planning my outfit for the night. And Dad, I remember you and Dad both being around. So you sort of, like, both poked your head in my bedroom and said, like, are you ready? Like, you know, I had some benign question about the, the evening or what's happening for dinner. And I mm-hmm. looked back, and I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm going out with Sierra tonight. Mm -hmm. And of of course there's just this quick moment where there's a flicker across your face of like, oh, we didn't, oh, okay. Uh," And then dad responded, like, we texted you about this. I thought that this was the plan. And I burst into angry tears. And I was like. I told you already that I wanted to do something else and I'm really trying to draw boundaries about when I get to decide things because I am a young adult and I need to decide things sometimes and not just do what my parents say all the time. And I thought I was being kind about it and you didn't even get the message. And (laughs) it was like, what felt like such an overreaction? And I know that that's what it it looked like dad was feeling from his face. He was like, whoa. (laughs) Okay, let's step back and talk about this. And we had Mm -hmm. to sort of like take a deep breath and then recognize, ugh, we had both tried to make plans well. The intention was good on both sides. Dad had texted us Mm -hmm. beforehand and said, this is a fun thing I want to do. And I had tried to be really positive. And in my head, it was like reflective listening to be like, that's a great idea, dad. And then state my other plans. But because I actually didn't even Mm -hmm. use the word but in that text, That's so great, but I already have plans with Sierra. It actually wasn't super clear Mm -hmm. what it was about, and so we ended up each assuming a plan that benefited our interests most. Dad assumed that when I said I already had plans with Sierra, that Sierra was now going to join the family plans. Oh, interesting. He was totally fine with Sierra coming, but he was like, no, like, my interest is for the family to be together. And so that was the assumption he made. And the assumption I made was that I had been clear enough that I wasn't going to be with the family. The backstory behind that story, of course, the fact that I, like, burst into angry tears so quickly is because there was already a lot of pressure I was putting on myself to be whatever I thought was, like, the perfect young adult daughter coming home that was, like, extra giving and was taking on, I just had decided to take on all this responsibility for never making a fuss or wrinkling the family, which is very much like me and something that I'm consistently (laughs) working on. But I think it's such a good picture, as, as painful as that memory is for me, it's such a good picture of what often happens in families where we both have such good intentions for being the one that's really kind and really like, I know it'll be a hard time because it's always weird when you come home. So how can I make it best? And then any time that there is a sort of kerfuffle, which there's going to be, it feels it feels like such a big letdown.
0: Yeah, I think the words that go with that intention, reminding yourself, telling like telling myself back to myself They have good intentions. That is helpful and healthy. But what goes along with expectations also is the assumptions that happen. The mindset, which is often unspoken as a parent, is if I have an expectation we're going to do this and you're coming home, my assumption is that you're going to go along with it (laughs) without possibly checking it.
1: Right, because you've spent 20 years of your life with that being the case.
0: Yeah, so actually people that have more of that, what I'm learning about so diligently this fall is um, the collaborative proactive solutions is having more collaborative conversations uh, ahead of time is helpful. The, the It has to be two way that we have to set the model for it, mm-hmm. you know, and we didn't have a huge model. A very insistent model of having collaborative conversations we tried to have collaborative conversations but if there's not buy-in if if the uh student if the kids are passive and are just kind of like we'll do whatever you say because we know we have to anyway if that's the attitude or the mindset that is taken and i don't know if that was then it kind of comes becomes self-fulfilling. So that's a challenge. So I think sitting down as a family and saying, or sitting with each other across Zoom and saying, no, we really want this to be collaborative. Think about the give and take of time and activities and space together. That's helpful. I have two memories. One memory, I think it was your freshman or sophomore year. It was in December, coming home from college. And thinking it's your first day home we're just going to hang out together and thinking oh i don't have specific plans but then you went off and did something and one child was in a high school show and another child was doing something and daddy was out away so i ended up we picked you up from the airport and then i was by myself for the whole, whole evening and i i just i just went to school and watched the rehearsal for the show because I was by myself, and there's it. it, I felt so sad and disillusioned, and miscommunication extreme. The other time that this happened was before we had kids when we went to my parents' house and my brother and his wife came in to town and they drove in. And, you know, I guess I had the expectation and the assumption that when you come in and we haven't seen you in years, we might sit down and have a cup of coffee or maybe not a cup of coffee, but we might sit down and have a piece of dessert, have a conversation and they immediately, they came in and they went right downstairs and started watching a movie. And Daddy and I looked at each other and we were like, what, what is this? <laughs> what's happening right now? And I think there's, so there's something to that initial getting together. Like, mm. What's that going to look like? We just kind of make assumptions of what, what that's going to look like. But even that can cause a lot of friction, having a conversation about that can be helpful and making sure everybody understands and agrees to what's it going to look like when we first get together.
1: That's a great point. I love two things that you said in there. The first was that you, when you were talking about assumptions and collaborative conversations, what you sort of alluded to was this fact that whatever has happened through most of childhood, as like you have grown up with your child, Mm -hmm. continues when you are an adult crazy how that happens but it's kind of nice to comment on because I hadn't really thought of it that way but you're right it's just like so many other things a sort of heightened experience like a holiday Mm get-together doesn't change the way that we are it reveals the way that we are in the Mm -hmm. same way that pandemics do and wars do and like any other heightened like experience (laughs) it really reveals Mm -hmm. Are who we are. And so that's really interesting to think about. My story revealed that I was the kid that was like, I'm not gonna have any big opinion because you're my parents. And I'm going to do it anyway. Which meant that then when I had grown up and into a place where I decided to have an opinion, I didn't really know how to voice, voice it, it in a way that was deferential still. And you didn't expect it from me because i had spent 18 years not having an opinion. And that's really fascinating to think about and maybe that's the same thing with well I think that that exactly is the same situation with three years earlier when I came home the first time from college and I do I do remember that night I went to go help with the musical that my sister was in because that's my love is musicals but then I came home to a very tumultuously emotional mom and I was like what's happening (laughs) because it didn't occur to me and yeah I think there's a lot of wisdom to your second point in planning out or doing the work to vocalize the expectations for your very first meetup Mm -hmm. in a holiday event to set the tone at least. I know like Mm -hmm. last time the whole family was together way earlier this summer in the middle of COVID and my sister Ellen was the last one of the five of us to get to our location, all all five of us together and we hadn't vocalized clearly enough the expectations of how are we going to interact that first time we meet in the middle of covid like are we taking masks off are we how quickly are get people showering all those things and it created a really painful first experience of miscommunication yeah thankfully like we were able to talk about it and bounce back and the rest of that holiday was lovely and joyful but how much better would it have been if we'd been able to talk about it first
0: yeah super helpful i mean i think of opening a carbonated bottle like of seltzer water mm. and you know you open it what if you don't know if it's been tipped over yeah, or not true <laughs> <laughs> and um if you try to open it too fast it's going to spray everywhere mm. but if you open it really slowly and let off some of the first carbonation steam you can tell if there's a lot of pressure built up and kind of I, I think maybe that's a good analogy to think of when you get together yeah. for the first time to try to see and take a temperature check how much pressure has built up mm. for the person here. I mean, you can't always tell. No. And it's it's most helpful if you know someone, if you can articulate it to each other. But you can't always do that either.
1: You can't always do that either. And I think that's a perfect transition into my what well, my next thought was, which which is that Sometimes having a collaborative conversation before a holiday with your family members isn't Mm. something feasible, Mm. whether it's because of the family members or because if you didn't grow up in that culture, that is quite the big step to try to ask your Mm -hmm. family to come together without having them having any context for what it would look like to have a collaborative conversation. If you haven't practiced talking about Mm -hmm. expectations in the forefront, they're probably going to look at you and be like, what are you talking about? Like, we're just going to get together. They won't even know how to yeah. <laughs> vocalize things that way. But mm-hmm. it's really loving and it can be grace-filled, actually, to even just sit on your own bed the week before and think through or journal through, however you like to do it, what mm-hmm. the things that you do know about your family. Because I can actually, if I sit down and think about it, I can think probably pretty accurately about the assumptions or the expectations that my mom and my dad and my sister are each going to have for this holiday without talking to them. Mm -hmm. Because I've known you for 24 years. Mm -hmm. Is it going to have the bias of me being the daughter? Yes. But I think there's something about the fact that, like, I can think through even these stories that we've told today about, okay, I know that in the past there's been quite a few moments where mom hasn't maybe even realized that she has an expectation for us to have some personal time together at the beginning of our holiday and then Mm -hmm. she doesn't react well when it doesn't happen
0: Mm -hmm. but I probably haven't vocalized it
1: (laughs) right because you didn't know to vocal well that's true you didn't know to vocalize it so I didn't know it and the thing is that it's easy for that kind of a statement to sound judgy or blame-filled but I don't think it has to I actually think it's so so loving to be able to be that vulnerable with yourself and to say I know that there's this could disconnect with me and mom. And once you put it on paper and just say, that's part of life. We are never going to be able to recognize every expectation before it happens. Right. And we are all going to be disappointed when an expectation isn't met, whether or not we vocalized it. Okay. Okay. I've put that on paper. I've gotten it out of my own psyche and my own heart in a way that, like, otherwise I'd be really offended by the fact that you didn't tell me, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. But I know that about you and about us so then even if we haven't had a conversation I can go into the first day of the holiday more cognitively creating moments where we do get to connect or like Mm -hmm. choosing how to love you well or like creating an opportunity for you to vocalize that expectation once I've thought through the history that we have as people once I've sat down with myself and thought through Okay, what are the kind of painful things that have happened in past holiday events? Is there mm. a through line here? Can I be gracious mm-hmm. when I think about each of my family members, even if they're painful memories, to think about, okay, what was their intention here, even though it's kind of painful to think about? And then once you have a little bit of, of a pattern in your head, then you can call mom up and be like, hey, mom, what are, you, what are your plans? What have you been thinking about? What, are you, what have you been hoping about on, my, on when I land? Because I know you've been laying in bed thinking about how excited you are that I'm going to land. I've been thinking about it, too, you know. <laughs> so what were you, what were you thinking? And you could do it that way. You can go straight to, Mom, when we land, here's what I would like to do. And then can we do something together?
0: Yeah, I think that that is helpful because if you were to come out and say that to me, a lot of times I would be like, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it where underneath you know i would like in the background go oh it occurs to me after the fact that this is the expectation i have yeah but i don't think of myself as like pining away like this is what i dream about having having i just i like consistency and i have these expectations that are under kind of the surface but i don't like pine away for them. And I think a lot of people are that way. I'm just sitting here kind of laughing to myself though, because you and I are very thoughtful. We're yeah. very in our head. <laughs> We're very planned proactively on the, the Enneagram where a thought centered versus heart centered or gut centered. So I think this would be really good. Like every statement I make guys to start with the word I think versus I feel, True. <laughs> uh, or let's do this kind of thing. Uh, it would be interesting to talk to someone that was different center, you know, heart centered or mm. gut centered. I just I find we have people like that in our family and, and they come more I sometimes more enthusiastically, like, let's do this. And and then it all, I'll think after the fact, actually, I didn't really want to do that. <laughs> or, yeah, I'm glad they're coming with that enthusiasm because I didn't have a plan. So that's I'm really glad that they have a plan. Yeah, You know, that happens, too.
1: That's a great point. So, We're only one perspective. Mm-hmm. yeah, it'd be really awesome to hear from some other people that have a totally different perspective on the way that they tackle their experience. I do
0: like the idea of like trying to think of times like we know at Christmas time, Christmas Eve and the tradition and the consistency of what we eat and what we do yeah. is very important to your dad. And, and because he's so enthusiastic about it and it's very important to him, we, we've we kind of all gone tagged along mm-hmm. and cause we don't, you guys, I mean, it's what we presented to you. And for me, I didn't have a specific Christmas Eve activity. Mm-hmm. So I've tagged along happily and said, yeah, if you're going to be enthusiastic about it, I can get, wrap my mind around this. And that's great. Let's do it. And then I was a little bit more Probably. enthusiastic and specific about Christmas morning and, you know, said this is the tradition that I'm developing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't grow up this way, but I'm making it a tradition in our family. Yeah. And then it shall be so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear I say. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> And you guys have kind of wrapped your mind around that. But then there's other times where we're not so specific. We just have fond memories of, oh, we did this one time in the past, but really, actually, it was only one time that we did something. Which is those are the times that are good to check and see. Did other people really like doing that or what are meaningful moments to you? I do like that concept of coming together together and then having time where we can go away or go off in groupings of two or three and yeah. not try to do everything together too.
1: I yeah, I'm inclined to say that event is actually far less important than thinking about personality and in com- communication style because the events are going to change especially this year. I mean, let's just talk about Zoom for a minute. When yeah. once this comes out it'll be past Thanksgiving. But as we're recording it, it's not. And like, what is Thanksgiving going to look like with me on Zoom this year? Right. Time zone differences and everything. But communication is equally as important on Zoom, regardless Mm -hmm. of of the activity. And so we're going to have to navigate getting Ellen on Zoom with us, too, from Minnesota. And... five of us together and then what's that like when we all sort of look at each other through the screen being cognizant ahead of time of the fact that one person may feel like I need this to be 20 minutes because I there are still things to do in my physical world and some people are going (laughs) to be like please stay on for four hours and let's just live together Mm. and those create tensions pretty fast if there isn't a way to to talk about them or at least to be cognizant of your own feelings so that they don't erupt too fast like that fizzy water and you and yeah. you can you realize, whoo, I didn't realize that this was gonna be such a long call. Okay, I have to like open my bottle up a little bit and fizz myself out a little bit, create some sort of statement like, this is so fun, just wanna double check that like at twelve noon I, I do wanna jump off to do some other things, you know, like give them a mm-hmm. it takes some emotional work to continue to update your opinion and your expectation. And be generous enough to like keep giving context for how you feel and what you're doing to these people on the other side of the screen.
0: Yeah. And being able to say, I mean, having even the mindset that I'm happy to keep you on the screen just as if you were sitting in my kitchen, but don't, I might not be in front of the screen all the time if I'm bopping around the kitchen doing things and, and you're free to bop around the kitchen doing things too. We've gotten better at that over the years of been a a zero. Being zero. I would say the past since you've lived in New York really we didn't yeah. get that the first the four years of college
1: we definitely didn't we definitely didn't but also <laughs> I, I think part of that's life experience or like time of life because I'm also like mm. pretty isolated here I have two wonderful roommates that aren't always here. Mm -hmm. So I have a lot more time to just sit at home for hours and keep you on Zoom on a live stream, as it were. Versus (laughs) Ellen's the house manager of 12 females in a big mansion, like, working together in Minnesota. And so she, although she has the same capacity, technically speaking, to, like, keep you on a live stream on Zoom, it's probably not feasible because she's got to actually be far more engaged with the people in her house. You know, so... Just to be able to extend grace to everyone's different situation.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's really uh, helpful to think about these things. The proactive collaborative conversations, extending grace, remembering people have good intentions and checking your expectations and your assumptions. Yeah. And then recovering well when people get hurt or offended and not not offended when someone else gets offended. Just kind of recognize it and then be willing to apologize. I I know my knee-jerk reaction is if somebody else has gotten offended, I kind of get offended right back. (laughs) So being able to just apologize, that's a mature move to be able to do.
1: I mean, look, you're not the only one. I think we all feel that way. (laughs) But it would be so naive of us to say that there's some way to create so many collaborative conversations on the front end that you have a seamless holiday. Right. That's silly. That's not... I don't even think that's the goal. But once things have erupted and you've cooled off and worked through it in the ways that your family has already created, mm-hmm. can you lay that down at night and have a list of gratitudes for your family still and and reinstate, refill your bucket of grace to give out tomorrow? It Privately, you mean, or to- together? I think privately, mm-hmm. you know... I'm sure together too, but there's a funny like pressure to saying directly to your face, I'm thankful for whatever, like it's that's important too, but for me to just lay back in bed at night privately and be like, okay, this was a wild day, but here's what I'm grateful for. And that's what I'm going to dwell on as I go to sleep. And
0: that's what I'm going to wake up with. It's super helpful to perspective. And it's helpful for me as I think back to my parents Because there might be some places where my mom was really super particular and that got under my skin. But if I was to sit back and think, well, you know, my mom had a good intention. She wanted to provide this and it meant a lot to her. If I could be grateful for that rather than annoyed by it, like the particularness of it you know what how would my tone of voice sound and what would my attitude be like that it goes both ways cuz my parents I still respond to them as well yeah, so that's great. it's important for me to recognize well i am grateful for
1: you mama i'm grateful for you and i'm really grateful for zoom <laughs> and our proactive collaborative yeah this podcast was a proactive collaborative conversation
0: yeah yeah it's good Hopefully it will be for other people to think through. Maybe to reflect back what happened on Thanksgiving and look forward to what, what's going to happen during the December holidays.
1: And if you are a person that doesn't think first, that feels or acts first, mm-hmm. please email us and tell us how you do it. Because that's so, I mean, it'd be helpful for me to understand the other people in my family. Mm-hmm. And I know it'd be helpful to other people on this podcast. If you're well, willing to email us, we'll we'll read it out. Yeah. To you next time and and share some
0: more of that wisdom. Alright. Well have a good week, Ingrid. Thanks. You too. Bye. Bye.
1: Thank you for listening to Hug and a High Five. Yep, thanks for listening. If you'd like to suggest a topic, ask us a question, or share your mom-daughter story, please email us at hug and a high podcast at
0: gmail.com. That's Hug and a High Podcast at gmail.com. All words, hug and a high five podcast at gmail.com. Have a great week!